What is the 40 book challenge? This year we must read 40 books and 12,000 pages. Or 10 books and 3,000 pages each quarter. Can you tackle this challenge? We welcome you to Rollo's Writing Room. Hey guys, it's Marissa, and my fun fact is that I spent most of my childhood making up different stories and acting them out with my older cousins in our grandma's basement. Ooh, I did that on a trampoline with my friends. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Abby, and once I spent hours stretching silly putty around my house in order to break the world record for longest strand of putty. It turns out there was supposed to be a time limit. My dreams were crushed. Hey, hey, I'm Liberty, and my fun fact is that I'm not a fan of berries. They all taste super sour to me. So in Rolo's classroom, we have a challenge to read 40 books and 12,000 pages this year. So far, it's been a lot of fun. We get to read whatever books we want to. What sort of books have you guys been reading? Well, my first book I read was Divergent. Ooh, <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. okay. And then I read the rest of the trilogy. Made me cry not afraid to I don't that. like the ending no the ending was sad and I yeah. think she could have done better but mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what you guys are talking about so yeah divergent so what was the first book you read Abby I I think it was maybe uh Watership Down yeah it's a book about crazy rabbits but uh okay it's an older book 1970s I don't like reading older books. No. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> Depends. But it was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Watered down. What do you rate it? Oh, yes. We forgot about that. Every book we read, we get to rate out of 10. Yeah, and we have to put the page number down and the title of the book and the author. Yep. And yes. the date that we finished mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I rated Watership Down like, okay, let me check. Uh, oh, yeah. It was... Eight out of ten, yeah. Eight out of ten. Okay, okay. What do you rate Divergent? The first book, I gave it a ten because I loved the first book. Is the, the second book was good. I gave it another ten. And then the third book, I gave it a nine. That's only because of the ending. The <laughs> ending made it so much Yeah, worse. I hated the ending. So I read, read? I read The Just City. It's kind of a Roman book and it's weird i rated it a 7.5 i was not a fan of it mm -hmm. i had to make myself stay up till five in the morning reading it i hated it so much i didn't i wasn't i should have rated that lower now because now the just city was my standard for now every time i rate a book is it better than the just city or is it a worse but nothing has gotten worse than it yet so okay okay oh i guess besides the two books i didn't finish <laughs> That too. <laughs> what books didn't you finish? Uh, the Midnight Library and the Flat Chair. I just wasn't feeling it, so I decided to cleanse myself and just get just start over. Yeah, start over, and that's been going better. So, how many pages do you guys have? I am not done with it yet. I will probably be done in like two weeks, but I'm at two thousand two hundred and eighty-two. It's not bad. Not bad. 
Um, it's I think it's like four thousand nine hundred and five. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> slow right. down a bit. I have three thousand twenty-two. I'm sorry, so. slow down a bit. Yeah, really. Your pat. How many points is that? You're past the line. Points? Oh, that's like yeah. It's an assignment, Liberty. What's what? How many points is that? How many points is four thousand pages? Over sixteen, I think. Yeah. What the heck? That's some serious extra credit right there. I suppose. Congrats, I guess. <laughs> I okay. suppose. <laughs> The congratulations. I know, right? What's okay. been your guys' favorite book to read? Mine has a clear winner. <laughs> What's yours? So Rolo, when we when he first showed us what he'd been doing, he put ten pluses. So I took that to my advantage and I decided to read a very popular book, The Love Hypothesis. Oh it's yes. it's really good. It's really good. I rated it a ten plus and I loved it so much. I finished it in two days. It was so much fun. There was actually this time where I just read kind of like three books, four books in like two day increments. That was crazy. But then I gave it to my friend to read, Sophia. She's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and now Sophia. yeah, now I give her any book recommendations. She is working on the Kiss Quotient, which I just finished. Yeah. Pretty sure you were reading that at show choir, weren't you? Yeah, I was. On the bench outside? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Abby? What was your favorite book? Well, I'm looking at this, and I've got uh, three that I've rated, ten, and they're all, like, historical, historical fiction, fiction or nonfiction. It's, like, hmm. Catherine Called Birdie, An American Plague, and The Shackleton Stowaway. I love The Shackleton Stowaway. It was crazy. So does Rolo. Yeah, he's like pumping his fist back there. Yeah, that's what I did when I heard you guys like divergent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just absolutely crazy what happened down there and like, wow. That makes me want to read it, but I'm not a fan of historical fiction. They've <laughs> been for weeks. So it must have been, I don't know what penguin tastes like, probably like. Penguin? Penguin, yeah, they were Ew. in the South Pole. Ew. Did you guys read A Child Called It last year? Oh, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't read that one. I read that book. It was good for, yeah. <laughs> I forget what I read that quarter. There were the boys who challenged Hitler. That was the other one, I'm no. pretty sure. Well, no, was <laughs> that was with the like raft? raft? That was with the raft. Everyone read raft. Everyone read raft. I read the, like, least popular one, and it was okay for, like, two chapters, but the rest of it was unneeded information. Unneeded. <laughs> so, it was okay. Did you still get through it? I did. Uh-huh. Unwillingly, but unwillingly, that's me trying to read 1984. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my I gosh. cannot believe they let us read that in seventh grade. It yeah, was, that was <laughs> it was all challenge. It was challenging and yeah. not that interesting. And no. some parts were like, "Oh, get it, I guess." <laughs> and his torture at the end Ugh. was like. Oh. Yeah. That was, that's traumatizing. That is traumatizing. Really? So they like both died in the end. Didn't they? No, they didn't die. They didn't die. They're alive. They're fine. They're just brainwashed. It's the same thing, right? And, and like, I will firmly advocate that Winston does not have a mustache. You saw the guy on the cover. You thought it was Winston. That's it's not big Winston. brother. That, yeah, that's big yeah. brother. I think mm-hmm. we had an entire argument back then about whether that was Winston or big brother. No, it's big brother. It's big brother. Okay, we've moved on. During the first chapter, it explains, I look at the picture of Big Brother. Yeah. And then you're like, 
oh and then you start to see that it's a building mm -hmm. and you're like oh and then you see helicopters and you're like oh, oh. <laughs> okay it all starts falling into place so what was your favorite book marissa my favorite book was brave new girl and it was so good it's about this clone girl who thinks she lives in this like perfect little society outside of the entire world it's because dystopian. the rest of yes the rest of the world is like they're told that is like dead pretty much okay and they're like the only people left i guess and when they grow up they serve their city Turns out they do not serve their city. They serve other cities that are completely normal. That's weird. Mm -hmm. It was so good, though. Yeah, yeah. I definitely recommend you read it. It's also got a sequel. Oh. Mm -hmm. We'll sequel probably read the good. sequel, but <laughs> I start out strong, and then I kind of just, like, dip mm -hmm. when trying to read the sequels. There have only been, like, three series I've finished. Well, four. Uh, Divergent, The Hunger Games... The Haunted Library for anyone who read that in second grade. I did. There were like 11 books. <laughs> I loved each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Unwind. Yes. You read that last year. I did. And I loved mm -hmm. it. So have you guys seen any trends with the books you've been reading? Mine are <laughs> mainly dystopian. Mine so. are mainly romance. I always thought that they were going to be like cringy or weird. Mm -hmm. No, they're not that bad. <laughs> what about it's you? It's all historical fiction, practically. Historical fiction? I see we're getting different genres. I, I really so. could not read that. Like, no. historical fiction has never really enticed me. We get to read a historical fiction later in the year, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Killer Angels. Yeah. yeah, Killer Angels. My dad has a whole dissection of that book. Oh. Yeah. Why? Yeah. He has it on a Google Drive. He said, I can share this to you. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Why, yeah <laughs> why does he have that okay so he used to teach back mm -hmm. in he taught history so oh. they must have had to read that book in history and he's like you guys are reading this in your ela class for eighth grade it's like yeah you know i have the whole dissection of that book right what? <laughs> and then, then he pulled it up. He like went digging for a flash drive. Oh my! Old school. And he <laughs> digged one out, put it in his computer, and then it popped up with the Killer Angels dissection. It was like twenty oh pages gosh. long. Wow! I don't. I don't why? So yes. like, anyway, Roller gave us a list of books to read. It's called the oh, Mensa Challenge. Mensa in case challenge. you ever get stuck on something. Yeah. I've only read one book from the high school mm -hmm. Mensa challenge, and it's 1984. Yep. If it's anything mm -hmm. like that book, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've read a book that's not from the high school Mensa challenge. I think it's from the 7th and 8th grade Mensa yeah. challenge. I read Frankenstein. Mm. was okay. There are a lot of monologues about, oh, woe is me. What have I done? I've done something terrible victor frankenstein just refuses to take consequences for his actions he's an own damsel in distress nice. <laughs> for himself wow and honestly i mean his monster did some pretty terrible things but none of those terrible things would have happened if victor frankenstein hadn't been an idiot so oh you cute. know yeah mm -hmm. cute crazy Mm -hmm. I've never read Frankenstein. <laughs> mm -mm. 
I, no. I haven't even watched the movies for it. There's movies? I mean, they're probably they're, not. They're real old. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're, they're real old. We're looking this up. And they're probably not quite accurate to the book because, like, oh my it's gosh. never explicitly mentioned how yeah. exactly Victor Frankenstein, Frankenstein creates life. Frankenstein, the first Frankenstein movie from 1931 and the second from 1935. Yeah, yeah they're real like old. old. Wizard of Oz time, guys. So I think on that note, it's time for a short break. We will return. Diet oxygen. Diet oxygen. Diet oxygen. More taste with less waste. Want to lose more weight but refuse to eat your vegetables? Try diet oxygen today. All you need to do is stop breathing. It's as easy as pie. Now in a new fun size container, coffin. Hello, and welcome back to Rolo's Writing Room. We are now moving into the second segment. We have all had to do a book report or read a book we didn't want to. And that can leave lasting impacts on what we think of reading. How did forcing to read or write a book report made you feel towards reading? I never lost my love for reading. I know, like, a lot of kids did it, but I just didn't like the book reports. Yeah, the book reports were absolutely awful. I still found love for reading the books, I just didn't mm-hmm. find the love for doing the book reports. When I, so I never really blamed it on the books. I blamed it on the book reports. Yeah. What about you, Abby? I mean, I didn't have to write a book report until like yeah, middle school. And my curriculum was mostly literature based. But I usually enjoyed the books. They usually pertain to whatever subject of history I was learning about. Maybe that's why I love historical fiction so much. Mm-hmm. But like, I love reading. Yeah. It's awesome. I have always loved reading, but... Man, we are terrible people to be asked this question. I know. (laughs) But the book reports just had this, like, sort of dread at the end of the book. Because I was like, I finished this book. It's so great. And then I have to write, like, this entire paper and answer these questions and do a plot map or whatever. And there was always that dread. So... Back in fourth grade when I had to do these, like, book reports where, like, you have to read this many books and then you have to do all book reports on them. If I don't pass them, it doesn't count as a book. And I was like, oh, okay, easy peasy. Let me just get this done. So I read Warrior Cat. Yeah, I was one of those kids. Warrior Cat. Yeah, Warriors. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Anywho, I wrote, like, a four-page long, like, whenever I summarized, I I over-summarized. Oh, yeah, Which I used to do that. Which waste oh, yeah. my time so much. Drives me insane. Okay, so definitely doing book reports hasn't stopped us from reading at None of all. Us. <laughs> nope. None of us. But I know a lot of kids who have, mm-hmm. who have really hated it. Reading can definitely leave lasting impressions, but how does reading affect our writing? Well, like, we definitely get influenced by reading like if a char- if an author uses does a particular thing to a character what characters an author chooses to kill off especially like when we're younger the books that we read they impact what we're going to write probably for the rest of our lives yeah uh one thing that i do is i always do a monkey see monkey do and like not even on purpose mm-hmm. like i'll start to almost like you know how everyone has their own writing style yeah like it's mm-hmm. kind of like your own art style 
the problem is I get so in tune with the writer's writing that after when I start doing an assignment, I start to write like them. Mm-hmm. I feel like reading impacts our writing by like giving us experiences and then we take those experiences, change them a little bit and put them back in our writing. Yeah, yeah it gives us ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with tracking your reading for the book challenge, did it help your reading or did it kind of like stress you out or? Oh, it helped me 100% because like we also have like that tiny little grade that we get. That's like 10 points. But Mm -hmm. I remember like looking at my phone one morning and it said I had 100% in ELA. And then I pulled it out a few minutes later and it said I had like a D. Ah. And I was like, wait. Oh, yeah, it's our reading challenge. So that made me want to get back to an A. Yeah. I mean, uh, having it be a letter grade, that's definitely impacted it for me. But, Mm -hmm. like, so I read enough. So I would get, like, a D in class for the first week. Mm -hmm. I'm a D on the assignment. And I was very happy with my D on the assignment. Yeah, because a D meant you had, like, six out of ten. Like, six six or some points, so... That yeah. was already doing really good. Just so. like a, oh boy, a thousand eight hundred pages. Yeah. When yeah. I, it's a lot. when I ever finished a book, I would take a picture of my score so I can just see it go up and up mm-hmm. and up. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. But reading has impacted our writing a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it helps us tell stories. It helps us get the point across. Yeah. It helps us imagine. It helps us create with all these ideas. We can kind of mix and match together to mm-hmm. create one thing. Yeah. Because well, we can't obviously copy no. someone's story, but we be... can make our own from it. Yeah. So like what patchwork almost. Oh, yeah. Like, is there any particular book series you think has really impacted how you write? Uh, Hunger Games, The Giver, Divergent. Uh, what was the other one? No, Unwind. Yeah, probably those Dystopians. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on the book I'm writing, those yeah. really helped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me it was like How to Train Your Dragon, <laughs> definitely. It's a funny story. It's got a lot of dramatic irony. And, okay, I use like British ish words like british i use quite a lot more than uh, most eighth graders do in my writing yeah because it's Mm -hmm. a very nice word but yeah that definitely impacted me a lot Mm -hmm. so much so anyway we will now be switching over to sage wisdom thanks for listening to rollo's writing room bye Zayden, man, Zayden, I have something to tell you. Yo, what's good, bro? Bro, I came to school today, and I noticed my computer was a charge, and I got Italy next period. Oh, dang, bro, why didn't you charge it last night? Bro, I, I, I did, though, I did. I, I swear I charged it last night. It's just not charged right now. <laughs> then how's it, Dad? I don't know. I don't think it charged. Well, then you might need to find a charger. Bro, you have one? Can I use yours? Nah, bro. You don't have one? I don't have one. Mine's at home. And ask Washburn, bro. Yeah, Washburn's a good source. I think we might have to ask her. Yeah, you might want to get on that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get there. I'll get there. That's a detention. Hey, Wetzel. What's up? What if we just start 
having Chromebooks stocked up in class, ready to go, charged up for kids. And yeah, we can start charging for that, like 10 yeah. bucks a pop. Charging for charges. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, 10 bucks. Then then we can like cover our school supply costs, all right. those pencils we be buying. I could buy candy bars. Candy bars that you give out. Pencils. Uh, my teacher pay teacher account is kind of overdue. Right. You know, I got all these worksheets I got to buy. That's right. I could you maybe quit teaching and, you know. Yeah, we could just set up in the parking lot <laughs> exactly. like a van. Get your charged up Chromebooks right here. Ten dollars a pop. I like it. And just we'll just take their school ID for collateral. Oh, there we go. Or maybe their shoe. Or their shoe. Yeah, a shoe would work. Brilliant idea. We're, We're going to make, make a, a killing, killing on this. Yo, Zayden, I'm, I'm so scared right now. I don't have a charged Chromebook. Yo, did you hear about the, the, the thing that Wetzel and Rollo are doing? Nah, what thing? Oh, if, if you have $10, you can get a charged Chromebook. You just got to leave something though. Yo, what do I have to leave? What I got to do? Like, maybe your phone or like a shoe or something? Like Shoe? My shoe? I can go around with one shoe. It's not that hard. Yeah, exactly. You don't even need both. Yo, I even got $10 in my book bag right now. I can go get a charged Chromebook. Yeah, it's that easy, bro. Oh, thank you, Zayden. I might get a charged Chromebook now. Of course, Isaac. Nice. Got him. <laughs> Welcome to Sage Wisdom with your host, Sage. Today with us, we have the one and only founder of Rolo's Writing Room. Rolo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sage. Happy to be here with you. <laughs> That's good. Um, so this is the infamous ELA teacher that you've heard a lot about on the first segment of Rolo's Writing Room. I'm the second segment, obviously. Um, I thought he'd join us today. So we're going to ask you a few questions, all right? <laughs> I'm psyched. <laughs> so, um... What made you decide to start doing NaNoWriMo in your class? Okay, this will be the fifth year of NaNoWriMo in wow. my class. I switched from sixth grade to eighth grade, and I had a lot of the same kids coming up again. So it was really cool. I got to see the same kids twice. Sometimes that can backfire a lot. Well, <laughs> luckily, this was a great group of kids. And amongst those kids, there were some really good writers. And one of the kids was like, hey, Rolo, you ever heard of NaNoWriMo? Oh, I'm so like, it was a student. A student suggested oh. it. I said, what's NaNoWriMo? You know, the cool name got my interest peaked. <laughs> and I researched it, and I found out, wow, in November we can write books. And I always had an idea for a book on the back burner in my own mind, in my own heart. And I was like, let's do it. And they're like, what? I'm like, Let's do NaNoWriMo. Wow. And it was with that advanced DLA class that I had in eighth grade. And five years ago, we did it. And yeah, I, I, I say most of the class really went all in and was heartfelt in trying to produce a novel of 50,000 or more words in one month, which is sick. That is, yeah, that is actually and, bonkers. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it because I'm right there with them. And so I was writing with them, and we just motivated one another. So I couldn't give up because I had the whole class looking at me as the leader. Yeah, like, hey, it was a, you if, started if this. I gave up, right, who's going to, you know, hold them to the line, right? Started so, the fire. What are you going to do with the rest of it? Yeah, <laughs> so it was the kids that inspired me to do it. And then, you know, we just, we took off and we ran. It was such a great moment. And uh, it really, really solidified that group. So, so cool. you, you know, when you do something tough together, 
it bonds you in a different way than just like going through the motions. I think it's kind of like in a lot of horror movies. Here I am again. Randomly. Love it. A lot of horror movies. It's kind of known like if you split up, you're going to die. So it's better to like stay put together and that helps the entire group survive. So it's kind of like in this situation, if you group yourselves together or you like are you're sharing ideas or you're helping another person with their ideas, it makes it easier to survive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was the whole metaphor of the geese in last episode, you know, that the lead goose is, uh, you know, trailblazing and it makes it easier for the geese that follow that direction and and achieve something, go, what was it, 72% farther than they could have yeah. gone on their own. Is the leader that's yeah. necessary. And then they, they switch off and that's what we do. You know, in November, we'll feel that. We'll have leaders that emerge in the class that will, their word counts will shoot up and then there'll be other people kind of being pulled along. And then, you know, that's why we're open and transparent about where we are because that just helps us like energize and motivate one another to, to keep going, especially in the middle of November where it gets real tough where you're yeah. like, I'm running out of ideas. Um, right. Not writer's block. That's a different topic. Right. We can talk so, about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you this. I learned this from one of my mentors, Seth Godin. He said, there's no such thing as writer's block. And I agree with him. Can you write? Can you put a word on a page? Yes. So what's writer's block, right? It's an excuse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. That's a whole nother episode. That, yeah, that but yeah, that topic. was the impetus of NaNoWriMo. A student said, you ever heard of it? I said, no. I checked it out. I was like floored. And uh, we tried it. You know, it's a risk. Stop. It was a risk. We tried it. And it was just magical. And so now here's, this is the fifth year. We're rolling with it again. And I think this will be the best year. I mean, already I can feel the momentum gathering behind us. So the first people to ever do NaNoWriMo are graduated now. They're seniors. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. good at No, math. you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're math. seniors. And some of them will participate with us. You'll see their name on the Noveling Progress chart. On the wow. There, that's crazy. Like, imagine doing something that just kind of sticks, like, with someone, like, their entire life. They just keep doing it. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's so, cool. Why did you create Rose Running Room? What was the idea? What was the inspiration? Well... I mean, we've been trying to get a podcasting set up here in the school for a couple of years. And uh, when the funding finally came in, you know, Mr. Glebe over at the admin office said, hey, the stuff came in. I said, where is it? And I found it. Where? And I just grabbed it and set it up in the classroom. And now here we are. But I knew that what we can do, we, we have some real leaders in this group. And uh, I, I saw a void, which is kids talking about NaNoWriMo and kids talking about their experience. We see a lot of teachers going out there and saying, this is how I teach it, or this is how I present it to the class. And these are the things we do, but I haven't really seen the kids perspective. So I was like, man, this is a perfect opportunity for us to get this podcast going and be the advocates again, be that lead goose, you know, for <laughs> NaNo to get out there and give the kids perspective on what it's like to be in the trenches, to try to write, 50,000 words yeah. in a month and, you know, partake in this Herculean task. I, yeah, I think the podcast would definitely help with that because if a classroom was t deciding to do NaNoWriMo, a lot of the times it's just the teacher being like, you could write 50,000 words, I believe in you. And you don't really get another student's perspective. And I think, like you said, the podcast is a way to put yourself in other students' shoes. Yeah. Like, 
that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to just confine yourself to within the four walls of the classroom. And Nano itself does a great job of this. They have the Young Writers Program. So there's a website which we'll get up and running on where we put our novels and we'll be able to look and cheer each other on like how Ooh. we're doing it. So that's really cool. But uh, there's nothing like this that really can unite, you know, the whole movement of, of writing novels in one month. And that's what we're doing. NaNoWriMo, I think, is just a great way for students to, like, really get into writing and really start up that, I guess, like, fire. Like I said earlier, yeah. just the fire. Is it is a fire. Flint and steel. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired you to become an English teacher? Oh, that's a good one. So I've always loved working with kids. So I was a summer camp counselor growing up at the camp that I went to as a kid and just had the best time of my life, really, and made the deepest and best friendships. Uh, you know, some of those people are my best friends today. They were at my wedding, and wow. Keith Whitty's one of the guys who, who produced the music for the podcast. But you stay in touch with these people, and it's a bond that will never be broken, really. So, sure, I'm digressing. <laughs> so I love working with kids from summer camp. And then um, when I first went to college, I thought, hey, I want to be a park ranger uh, and just live up in the mountains in a fire tower and just contemplate life, right? That's a bit of a jump. <laughs> it is. But it, the underlying theme was I still, I always love to read. I love to read. I love to write. I had uh, visions of, you know, being a Jack London out there or Edward Abbey was my, my idol then. Totally. He was a park ranger that wrote amazing books about nature and, well. <laughs> you know, why we need to protect and preserve it and all that stuff. So. Then, yeah, I had some odd jobs, like um, I worked in a sawmill up in Vermont. That's tough. I, uh, let's see, I worked in a restaurant, a I bartender, think... server, uh, assistant manager at one point. And I'm like, well, this is not really fulfilling. I think the thing that drew me to, to the arts, really, if you will, is, is just being creative. And a teacher gets to be creative in how they present lessons and how they steer and lead the class and the things we have to do. I mean, it's so much more than just pulling out a worksheet and saying, get busy and keeping yeah. people compliant. You know, that's old school. Now I get to, I, I think of myself more as like a coach, you know, and I love ELA because it's so wide open. You know, I always say, well, it's better than math because there's no one right answer. We can attack it from so many different perspectives and I can learn just as much from you as you can learn from me. And that's when it's really magical. And I'm like, really, I get paid to do this. This is awesome, right? I get to read books. I get to write books with you guys. I get to talk about writing and analyze it. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it, it's wonderful. So I'd say that's how I really, I had to grow up, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, my wife was like, we got to, we got to figure this out, right? We can't, we can't be working in restaurants and doing this and that for the rest of our lives. So what fulfills you? And you know, that, that really helped me narrow down the view of, I love working with kids and I love reading and writing. So let's combine them. And then as they say, when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. And here we are having a good time on a podcast. <laughs> I personally, if I was ever asked, like, if you were a teacher, what would you teach? I would either say art because I've always just been an artistic person. Mm -hmm. and, and you're very gifted in that <laughs> regard. And ELA because I always thought that ELA is such an interesting, it's, you can have so many different approaches to it. It can be like, with the garden party, coming back to that, some people could have viewed it as a vampire story. Others could have viewed it as a political story. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's so many different ways you can, what's the word I'm looking for? Dissect something yeah. in ELA. It's 
I really like it. That. Well, <laughs> here's a different question off topic. What is your favorite like genre of book? Mm, that's easy. Historical fiction. Why? So I love to learn about the past and I love to see how authors get creative in making new characters, but have to still exist in the confines of some structure. So it, there's a lot of playing going on, a lot of, you know, puzzling and, and making it true to what the past was and teaching your reader something at the same time, but then having that creative component. So it, it's almost like new guardrails are up within the genre that confines you to a certain space, but then you still get to have this freedom of creating these people and events that align with history or, it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people, they just, if you give them very basic ideas, it's kind of like that, like a basic idea, is just like the Revolutionary War, to make your character, that's the time and place. Um, but you can just, it sprouts from there. It's like a seed. A lot of times writing is just like the seed you plant, boom, boom, it's, yeah. it sprout. I'm great at words. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good metaphor. So what's one of the um, student success stories that like really just hit you? I'm really impressed with how the kids attack this task. You know, 50,000 words is utterly preposterous, yeah. right? <laughs> to write in, in a month's time. So you have to average like 1,667 words a day. It's a lot. And I'm talking weekends and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're right. So just the fact that kids get through it is utterly impressive utterly. and amazing. That is such a... A lot of them get through it and they don't just write crap either because some of them have shared bits and pieces with me and there is magical stories being written during this time I'm not joking and the coolest thing probably the biggest success I would say is we have a lot of high school kids like I said we have a contingency of high school kids that year after year seek this out on top of their course load in high school and they will participate with us. You will see their names on the board. You'll see them on the website once we get logged into the Young so Writers crazy. Program. Actually. A lot of them do it for many different reasons. Most of all is because they love to write and they have stories to tell. Some are honing old stories, creating new ones. There's one girl I know from last year. She had 100,000 words. 100,000. And I just happened to mention the other day, like some of the kids in this new class are gunning for your word count total. And she looked at me like, nope, they're not going to get it. So no, how do you even accomplish I know, that? And I talked to her mom the other day and I said, hey, is, is your daughter thinking about doing nano again? And she said, uh, yeah, she said there's kids trying to get her word count goals. So she's probably going to beat that. Bro, that's like, no. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's cool. These things that motivate us. Right. So I'd say, yeah. The success is it enables kids to understand what it takes to write. Once you get that understanding, I think what it was for me that really opened my eyes the first time I did Nano was how the story goes its own way. And there seems to be this other outside force working on you or working through you. And this is what people call the muse, right? Where you tap into this. Please excuse the interruption. <laughs> hey, yeah, see where that's cool. Eighth grade teachers. Oh, shoot. And we're back. That was a poorly timed. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was talking about, you know, past successes, but even more so I'm optimistic about future ones, you know, because just going through this process, people fall in love with writing. Oh, yeah. That's what I was talking about. That you're talking the about magic yeah. and how the muse can speak through you. And sometimes 
The story heads in its own way. It's almost like it's a living thing that just needs you. It's just kind of like putting a, the pieces of a puzzle together. It's like you slowly see it form, then you see the picture of like a village or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good analogy. I mean, it's just, it's magical because like, I, I just remember writing one scene one day and, you know, I'm just going along. Yeah, this is happening, this is happening. And all of a sudden I have the character die. And it's like, where did that come from? Why did I do that? <laughs> right. But it was so perfect for the story and it, it wasn't planned, you know, and then we can get into talking about plotters and, and pantsers and that kind of stuff. Pantsers. <laughs> By the seat of your pants. Yeah. So that's kind of my style, but I did have a direction it was going, but this came out of nowhere and it was the coolest thing. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And I'm like, would well, that really even come from me? And this is where you start really understanding like, what is art? You know, where does it come from? And yeah, I mean, I physically typed those words, but did they come from my brain? I don't know, man. It was so cool. I've, but that's the type of thing I want people to experience. I'm kind of plotting out the idea of my book right now, writing like down like little thoughts or ideas I have. And it's so the basic idea of it is that it's this person who's already struggling with like enough mental health issues as is. And then he finds out that they're like some apocalyptic disaster is going to end the world in 50 hours. Oh, man. And that kind of like, it just makes him so, what do I do? What can I do with my time? Yeah. And there's... It's, Laser focus. Yeah, it's bonkers. Now. Man, I'm really excited to actually that get That sounds so that. cool, <laughs> There's a lot I'm of like... it. There's a lot of different plot ideas I have, but it's probably going to be one of those where, oh, this could change randomly, even yeah. though I already have it planned out, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, you know? This is how we learn to craft stories and get into it and, and bring these worlds to life and, and these people make them real. Who's to say that eighth graders or high school kids can't write amazing stories like this? And case in point is S.E. Hinton, who wrote The Outsiders when she was in high school. And it went on to sell something like, I don't know, 14, 15 million copies. And then movie. <laughs> and she wrote it in high school. So that's the kind of success I'm actually anticipating. And not to put, it, not to put this on you guys like, Prepared yeah, someone's going to be a famous breakout writer. But I do know that the more we do this, the more kids get exposed to writing, the more they're going to fall in love with it, and the more something might just click for one of them. And we can catch lightning in a bottle. So... <laughs> I mean, one of these days, I'm going to receive a book in the mail, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, and it's going to say, Rolo, thanks, man. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, nah, you, you are amazing. crazy, like, actually. I, I'm serious. I can already feel it. I, I can feel it. Feel the sense. Yeah. It's going to happen. My spider sense is telling me that we have this type of talent in this school. And again, we have high schoolers writing with us. We have talent in this ELA class this year. I mean, it's... It's only a matter of time, as they said in Hamilton, you know? I'm seeing, this is completely unrelated. I'm seeing Hamilton in like a week. Nice. Yeah, I'm they're so coming good. to Columbus. Yeah. Anyways. I'm entering the lottery every day. We bought the tickets like a while ago. I almost missed them, actually. But um, I have to go to lunch. So. Yes, Sage, you do. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Rolo, for joining me. It's been me. my pleasure. And awesome conversation, Sage. You rock. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And goodbye. 
Grillo's Writing Room is a production of the 8th grade advanced English class at River Valley in beautiful Caledonia, Ohio, starring Abby, Marissa, Liberty, and Sage, with special guest Haven, Jingle by Haven, music by Keith Whitty, and artwork by Sage. We would also like to thank our lovely teacher, Rello, and the staff at River Valley for making this possible. Shout out to Mr. Morrow, the director of the buildings and grounds, for shutting off the AC so we can provide you with best sound quality. See you next time.